Right, greetings. You're tuned into Mobasa Magazine podcast. This is the Keeping It Kenyan show. I'm African Herbs Man. And I'm Sakai. Today we have a new guest in the house. Um, kindly, do tell us your name. I'm Quinta Wambulwa. Quinta is uh, here today to talk to us about a number of different themes, but we will, I think, center ourselves on uh, mental health. She's a mental health advocate. Adv- yeah, an activist. An activist. Um, before we get to that, we just want to know who she is, a bit of background. So, Quinta, do tell us, who are you? How did you grow up? I'm the firstborn in a family of four. I have three brothers, Keith, Kalisas, and Joel. My dad is a teacher, also a leader in the church. My mom is a housewife, but also she's into the politics. Growing up as a firstborn girl in the family, there's so much love around me from my brothers, from my family being an a courageous girl a courageous kid yeah i grew up in in the rural i went to school at Lugulu boarding primary school uh, our our, fa- our family compound was just at the center so school was some meters away being a boarding school i had to be a day scholar because home was just you know a stone throw away now rural kenya uh Abzman, rural kenya is uh <laughs> Are you familiar with that? Oh yeah, I'm familiar, but <laughs> to others listening, they may not be familiar with it. Maybe just give us a bit of uh, background, not background, but concept. Help but us understand. What does rural, rural Kenya look like? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we lived in a mud house, grass touched. Mm-hmm. Um, our kitchen um, before before we actually rebuilt was grass touched. Our the floor was smeared with cow dung. Uh, we used to go for water, fetch water at the rivers, you know. Like, I'm a village girl with global dreams. <laughs> village girl with global yeah. dreams. I like that. I like that. I like that. Did you grow up religious? Is that part of the upbringing? Did you come up in a religious home? That is the only life that I know. Now that my, my dad was a leader in church, that is the only life I know. Being so religious. Uh, following all the doctrines of the church and even of the Bible, not really going astray. So that's how I've been brought up. I remember even growing up, I wouldn't be allowed to wear trousers like my other peers would do. And yeah, the Bible doesn't allow it. So, what church is this, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Which church was this? Uh, I went to Friends Church Quakers. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So growing up uh, as a as a as a child of a leader of the church, I had all those characters in me as a humble, humble girl, well presented. I, I used to do preachings in church when I was young. Okay. okay. Yeah, I could, I could actually, because you never always been a leader in me, and uh, I could take up the role of a Sunday school teachers, and I could actually preach to my, to the audience, to the, to the rest of the Sunday school people. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how old were you talking about? Uh, like when I was in class one, class two, you like see seven, the Sunday eight. eight. Eight years old. Yeah. Preaching the gospel. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> do you have the Quakers church where you come from? Yeah, we do have the Quakers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're there. They're very uh conservative sect. They are very yeah, state to themselves. You know, in the States some of them still don't have electricity, don't use cars. Uh, the men wear black clothing strictly. The women wear these long dresses all the time. And 
I'm just wondering how the Quakers ended up in rural Kenya. <laughs> we had this missionary. Missionary. Yeah, we had course. the missionary who came over to Kenya and then introduced the church. The first church was was at Kaimosi. Okay. Kaimosi, that's Western. They called Elgon. Mm-hmm. The western side of it, and then now they went all over to now the western part of it. Now that's where we are. I think it's also very much, uh, you know, Kenya has a lot of tribes, and I think sometimes churches are associated with the tribe you belong. So the Quakers has a lot of Luya, very community the in side. it, the western side. Mm. So oh. a lot of Luya community, I think, go to the Quakers church. So yeah, true. Um, okay, so let's move on. We. We know how you grew up. School, what was that like? Uh, school was school was interesting. Uh, I went to Lugulu Boarding Primary School. Uh, like he said, my home was just a stone throw away from school. Most of the my classmates were boarders because they had traveled all the way from Nakuru, Nairobi, Kitale. You know, they came all the way to study in my school, so they were living in school. They were boarders. Uh, at some point, I really admired being a boarder. Uh, you know, because when you are a boarder, you're being, you're given some pocket money, you're given some shopping, you know. But uh, being a day scholar, you you're given nothing. Uh, I had a best friend. She's called Sharon Lucy. Uh, Sharon was from Nairobi, so we had to really interact because when I go to class seven, I now had to be a boarder. The school di- uh, the school rules were anyone who go to class seven and class eight must board so i had to be a border whether you were coming from just around the school or far away you still needed to board so you know coming from from just nearer my my normal shopping were avocados (laughs) (laughs) you know Mm. because we had really plenty of them and uh, sharon coming from nairobi would have uh would have these other foods from nairobi like you know we didn't have supermarkets i can't remember the last time i went to a supermarket like Coming to a supermarket was my first time when I joined campus. So wow. So being, being, being really in the village, uh, shopping from Nakumat. By then, Nakumat was a real deal. And uh, so Sharon would come shopping from Nakumat and would really blend in. In fact, her, the sanduku, what is it called? Suitcase. The suitcases were, mm-hmm. we actually exchanged suitcases. So one was for food and the other one was for uniforms. <laughs> having my avocados and then her having shopping from Nakuma to really, really blended in. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> yeah, so that was mm. life in high, that was life in primary and then I joined high school. I went to St. Joseph's Girls High School in Kitale. She went to Sacred Heart in Mukumu. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anything happened while you were in high school, like we could be able to remember, we've been trying to understand where you grew up, how you grew up. So, what was high school like for you? Um, high school was was quite was quite interesting because I was a leader again. Like I said, I've always been a leader. I was a class prefect in form one, form two. Uh, in form three, something really happened. Uh, of course, in high school, I've also had these. You know, you go, someone writes a letter to you. <coughs> I remember when your high school I was in love with this other cowboy. Uh, he was a prefect at the other boys school because we had St. Joseph's girls and we had St. Joseph's boys. It was only separated by a fence. Oh, yeah. So I also had this boyfriend uh, at the time. He was called Ezra. So he was the prefect of the other class. So because I'm the prefect of this other class, we were like merged, you know. When you go sweeping for sweeping the the church, 
he would actually arrange his class to be on the same date as mine. So <laughs> when we go for for you know for cleaning, we could actually meet, exchange letters. So it, high school was interesting, very interesting. Young love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it happened. Exchange letters. <laughs> when is the time you wrote a letter, <laughs> man? Elementary <laughs> 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 school, <laughs> junior high. So now uh, something special happened in form three when I form uh, three is high school. Yeah, form three is high school. Okay. Now uh, I met this man, and he was not like these other high school boys. You see, the high school boys are like that's like puppy love. There's nothing you can provide apart from letters, um, small hugs, small kisses here and there. But now meeting this man who's who's well groomed, he's terrible. He gives me money apart from the hugs and all this, and yeah, definitely um, I'm falling in love with this. So all these other high school was it the excitement of just the stuff, or was it just him as a person? <laughs> I can say it was the excitement about the stuff and everything, and of course him as a person. He was a grown up man, so right. mm-hmm. I think I needed, I needed, I needed that. I could, I could see. What was his age? He was around 24, 25 at the time. And you were 17. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So this happened in form three, and all these other high school boyfriends. I needed nothing to do with them <laughs> anymore <laughs> because now, <laughs> because now I have this Superman here. He could do anything for me. He could give me pocket money, uh, and unlike these other high school boyfriends. Yeah. Mm. So form three was was a big deal for me. Form three. Um, my my grades fluctuated. I remember. In fact, my dad was so concerned. But I couldn't tell them the truth because this guy got me a phone. Mm. The only way to communicate was through phone. So while I go home, during my holidays, we could now communicate. And then, you know, I'm not getting time to revise. I could get now get... Uh, the only time I had to revise was when parents are there. When they're not there, when I get to my bedroom, I could sleep 3 a.m. Chatting. Just, yes, chatting. And you see, by then, they were never even smartphones. There were these bottle you know mm-hmm. so life was good and uh <laughs> yeah it was really changing because you see the high school boyfriends couldn't do that for me we could only meet during school days but during holidays there's no communication they couldn't buy from either phones okay uh, mm-hmm. we went to form four mm-hmm. so form four was my final year my was my final class in high school and yeah life was still okay still being a prefect i remember there's this thing that happened in high school i've, I've always loved dancing so there's the there's, there's the there's the school magazine and then there's this song that I really liked, uh, Q Drop, uh, Q Q Dance, uh, One Drop. It is called One Drop. Yeah, by Q Q. Yeah. One Drop. So I really loved dancing and my dancing mm. was so. That was a unique. big song too. You know. Yeah, I know the so song. Had you guys better drop that song into this podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it very well. I post and I'll drop it in for you. <laughs> Yo, QQ, Venom, the girl them have a new dance. When he am one drop. Yo, yeah. was called Q drop. <laughs> Mine mm. was like Q drop. So mm. 
having the cue drop uh, in, in our school magazine and then you see when you go for outings you're like a celeb hey, let us dance let us dance dance mm-hmm. style of the school cue drop and that's who's mine you know? <laughs> so form four was really nice uh, i was there preparing for my final exams really making sure i want to make myself proud go to university so yeah i did good uh, i got done with school uh, 2014 i got a b plus and then there's now journey to join campus okay ah. let's take a break there and we'll be right back thank you for tuning in to this wonderful podcast this podcast has been brought to you by mombasa magazine Mombasa Magazine, where leaders come to be inspired. And we are back. We are talking to Miss Quinta today. And we are d- trying to find out how is life moving from rural Kenya to... Where did you go to university? Mombasa, Technical University of Mombasa. There you go, people. Mombasa. Mombasa. All the way to the coast. So, how was that for you? Wow, it was another experience. A whole new experience that I've always dreamt of coming from the village I needed I really wanted I really worked hard in school to just find myself in the city uh, I wanted either to go to Mombasa or Nairobi mm. I needed to go to the big cities that was my that was my progress I really needed to go to to either the, of the two cities when I was called to Mombasa the better for me the beaches you know mm-hmm. and then the so far away from home because mm-hmm. you see if I have to travel here I start my journey at 2 p.m. from home I get to Mombasa the following day at th- at nine a.m. in the morning, so it's so far away. Wow. By bus. By bus. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So now. Uh, so basically, you're on the other side of the country, just to give people a an <laughs> idea. <laughs> Mombasa is on the Indian Ocean, yeah. and where you're from is all the way on the western side of Kenya, basically by the Uganda border. Yes. Yes. By yeah. Lake Victoria. Yes. Okay. All right. Continue. Now I I found myself now in Mombasa, but before that. Uh, I've had shifts at home because after school with my boyfriend, uh, we were all over. Uh, I was all over uh, going places. My character changed uh, because my parents expected me to always be at home doing some, you know, doing chores every now and then. But sometimes they come home and I'm nowhere to be seen. So parents felt my character was really changing and that was not the person they raised. So they actually had opted to take me to an MTC instead of Mombasa because for them, you know, you're already uh, not living as how we raised you and you haven't gone far away. What if you go? Mm. So my parents opted, let her just stick around. Either we take her to Masinde Muliro University, which is just like home. Mm. They can, if he wants to see if I'm around, he can always pass by right. to mm. find if I'm in the school or not. So uh, I was like, no, I need to go to Mombasa. So I talked to my boyfriend about it. I told him. My, my parents don't want me to join because of you. Mm. He actually agreed to me and said, don't worry, you're a grown-up right now. You have an ID, right? Yeah, I have an ID, so parents shouldn't tell you much. Uh, I can pay your fees because after all you've passed, government is going to pay your your fees. So it's even cheaper because the government is going to support you. So he said, I'm going to, in fact, pay your fees, pay your everything, so don't worry. And then that, that, was, that was him assuring me, so I went home stole the joining letter because my dad had hid the letter mm. and I was there uh, I stole the letter did uh, did the photocopy of it and then plan uh, planned all everything packed all my, my, my things and then I told my mom about it I told I remember there was a cousin of mine called Mary she was home I told her Mina and Mombasa I'm going and my mom that means I'm going me. to Mombasa <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so my mom snitched me so in the evening when my dad came 
he was so angry and uh, he actually asked me where are you going so i told him i'm going nowhere but he already knew i was going somewhere so he told me because i've already shown him uh, kiburi yeah so i was never going to join neither even the mtc nor even at the university i was maybe to stay maybe home. for those of us who are not so good with swahili so the kiburi part is just pride you know you feels ready very prideful headstrong what we call teenagers today but at the time i think her parents were just thinking this is just way Mm-hmm. too much we didn't expect this to come from you i guess so too yeah. independent yeah so yeah. far away from the quaker foundation yeah, i know yeah <laughs> to now you're out there uh, so um i i went to see my pastors about it because you see people are joining university and i'm there at home so i went spoke to my pastor about it with some church members i told them uh, this is what is happening so the church members agreed to come at home to talk to my dad about it so he can allow me come to campo so when the family came when the church members came home uh, my father was actually amazed like okay what's happening so when we got to have a meeting in the evening uh, i had to be sorry for what i've done and i needed him to just forgive me and let me come to university it was an emotional session for us and uh, i remember my mom was there sobbing my brothers calistas kate Joel was there sobbing. It was an emotional moment in my family. So we were allowed to come. The following day I came all the way to Mombasa and finally I found myself here. In the big city. Yeah. Yeah. According to you. Yeah, that was that was pretty quick. So you had the meeting and the next day you're on the bus. Yeah, yeah. Out of Kasumu, yeah, out of the West. Yes, because now my mm. dad tomorrow was the joining time. Okay. Like I had a cousin who had already traveled. You see like you have to travel prior mm. to actually arrange everything. So if I wouldn't have gone earlier, I would have missed the chance. And you see late joining has complications. So I want I really wanted to be Make sure you got it. Mm. Yeah. So now uh when I came now to Mombasa, life was good. In fact, uh coming to Nairobi, uh you know, you pass through Nairobi as you come to Mombasa seeing the cities you know it's like uh, this is a picture that we had in our mind in my mind how Nairobi looks like because I've never gone there mm. uh, but I'm just passing you see all the way you're just passing at night and they're looking at the tall buildings and oh this is Nairobi okay so all the way to now Mombasa Mombasa was uh, I had expected to see so much but uh, it wasn't as I had thought It, mm. it wasn't like <laughs> how it was thought. So the first place I wanted to go was Pembez and Dovo, of course. Right. Uh, take pictures and then ferry. Have a ride on ferry. Mm-hmm. But we did this after. Uh, we did this after uh, admission. I was among the first people who were admitted. My dad is that strict. Okay. Yeah. So when we go to Mombasa, I was admitted. And then we had some, we had walks with them here in town. And then I remember my aunt was called. So uh, I was left in the hands of my aunt. Right. Yeah, I was left in the hands of my aunt and then my dad they traveled back. They traveled back immediately. I also traveled to my boyfriend's place in Nairobi. Hey. As soon as you got to Mubasa, you <laughs> jumped back on the bus <laughs> and went to Nairobi. <laughs> I did that immediately. All right, let's pick this up after the break. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this wonderful podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Mombasa Magazine. Mombasa Magazine, where leaders come to be inspired. So we're sitting here with uh, Quinta. Quinta. And she's telling us her story. Uh, a Which mental health journey, but we're getting to know her first. Yeah. Before we go into the 
the reason why she's here with us today. Correct. So you you left off at you got to Mombasa, turned right around, jumped on the bus back to Nairobi. I went to Nairobi to see the level of my life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Getting to Nairobi, of course, he got to show me around. Uh, being the first time in Nairobi, he got to show me around the city, new places. Uh, of course, new wardrobe again. I had to buy clothes around. And I stayed there for two weeks and then I came back to Mombasa. Getting back, uh, I had made a few friends during the admission time, like two. So I could I could actually know them. But I made others as, as time as the semester progressed. Now, being in class the first year, there was just, I, I became a friend to a model. Yeah, she, in fact, she was the Miss Tom. And we were like best friends. So we had, in fact, we had a gang. We were like a gang of five girls in class. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see, for them, most of them are from Nairobi, but I'm from the village. I'm just fitting in here, but I really don't belong into this group. Mm. Yeah, I really don't belong into this group, but I'm actually, you know, I'm just fitting into this. So even in school, there's a way people would look at us and there's a way people would judge us, but we didn't care anyway. This is campus and we're having the money. So mind your business. That was our language always. Mind your so business. <laughs> so it has, it has always been that way. And then our first year, I could, I could go to Nairobi after two weeks. I could always go see my boyfriend or he could always come see me because yeah i live alone so i could always come home second year the same and you see now it's it's where now my relationship with my family is is actually fading away yeah. i'm more attached to my boyfriend that i'm more attached to my family maybe just give us some context a bit so that we can really understand just how much um how deep this relationship was going were you living on campus were you living off campus and how were you managing uh, well, the first time, as a first year, the first time I had to stay in hostel, and then the second, first year, second semester, I moved out. So I was living out outside campus as a first year, the second semester. So most of my bills and everything, this guy would pay because he's the one who's, who suggested I move out. My parents' home, no, she says in hostel. In fact, they still send me money for the hostels, but mm. the guy. You know, it was like my relationship with my boy, not my relationship with my family. Right. So it was me living how he he wanted and how he could accommodate me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, him being rich, of course. Now I live with the rich life in campus. Mm. Yeah, so that has been the life. He could come over or I could go. We've always we've always done this. He comes or I go. He comes or I go, and then most times uh, I really made sure I'm not failing any of the exams. Like I'm not missing out because my dad, like I said, is a strict one. Mm-hmm. He could always ask for results. He could always ask for everything. So I made sure even if I'm doing this, my my education is like priority. You know. Let's talk about the gang crew. Mm-hmm. Now that you were living and having you know the life yeah were the girls in your crew similarly living the similar life where they were having boyfriends who could also sustain their lifestyles well um apparently and um most of them were staying in hostels oh yeah so they could come to my place so when you're, i you're, you're the boss lady <laughs> <laughs> she was the boss lady boss chick. <laughs> <laughs> so um uh in in third year something now happened 
uh, as as I've been leaving, uh, I go to Nairobi. Of course, he pays for my ticket and everything, so he knows the exact days that I'm going. But this one day, I didn't tell him I was going. It was unannounced. Uh, we had a cut. I had booked for the ticket, like I'm going for Niro- to Nairobi, but immediately, immediately, I want to leave. You're told we have a cut, so I tell him uh, I'm not coming over because we have an exam. And he gets angry at me so mad, and yeah, he speaks so so much rubbish around it, and I just kept quiet. So later on, I get online, I get information that the cut has been postponed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if I tell him, he'll know. I wasn't real in the first place. So something struck my mind. Like, yo, okay. So in fact, this is the best time to go to Nairobi unannounced. So I went to Nairobi unannounced. I didn't tell him I was going. So when I go to Nairobi, I got home. And then I'm there knocking the door. He comes and he's actually shocked. Like, wow, so you're here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm here. I needed to surprise you. I wanted to surprise you. And so I get into the house and I left everything at the door for him to actually help me. I go to the house and in my house, in my ex-house, when you're at the door, you could easily get, you could easily see inside. So at the door, I saw someone in bed. Mm. And definitely that was a woman. You see in my head, definitely this is a woman. So when I am walking towards her, I'm already screaming and crying and shivering. So when I get to the bed, I open the sheets, and yeah, this is a lady. I'm crying, I'm screaming, I'm hitting her. And now, what did she do? She's she's shocked because <laughs> it's early in the morning. Even she I'm was shocked. sleeping. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, she's 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 shocked. What's happening? Because yo, mm. this is my man's house. What are you doing here? You know. This is what she was saying, and this is what you were thinking. No, of course I was thinking that was my man's house. Ah, okay. <laughs> so um, I'm hitting, I'm hitting mm-hmm. her and I'm screaming. So people come over, the neighbors come and they're wondering what's happening, and I'm here telling them. No, the guy is here telling, telling them this is an ex. She's just bringing chaos, and neighbors leave while saying exes ukwahivo. Wow. Um, I'm shocked. I'm in shock. In fact, I've had a nervous breakdown. I'm in shock. I don't know how to check in. I don't know the truth. Like, when did I become an ex? <laughs> and then this lady leaves the house and she actually leaves behind her phone. And when I get through the phone, she's just, it has just been, she comes to the house or he goes to the house. All the time. All the time. It has been a routine for as long as I'm not around. I was so heartbroken because looking behind, this is someone. I've depended on all my life. This is someone I've I've given up my family for. Because this is someone I've had uh, my relationship with my dad has faded away because of him. My dad is the only uh, breadwinner. So you see, if now this this other man providing for me means his role in my life is so minimal. I only call him when I really feel I need to call him or else I'm okay. I can provide for myself. You see, so those, those, these emotions, sad emotions that took over me, those guilt, there was regret, there was, you know, disappointment. There was, there was a lot. Did you ever see it coming? You know, sometimes people can be very, um, 
mean and be like why didn't you see it coming or how could you not have seen it coming what did you not Im- imagine and you're not there you know well red flags were there uh, red flags were there because uh, imagining this this has been someone who's had three kids from previous relationships so sometimes i could argue with those baby mamas uh, because you know every every kid there has a mother so, so sometimes i could actually argue with three baby mamas and they could tell me stuff like i've been there i couldn't believe because yo this is my man and he's paying this for me so mm-hmm. you know i saw red signs were there sometimes i could go home i could find ladies things in the house but who tell me that was my cousin was here i could easily believe and also be him being my provider my uh, him him being the the only provider you know him being the person who provides everything for me i didn't want to again read so much into things mm. got you you enjoyed the benefits of yeah the i didn't really <laughs> want to i didn't really want to again get myself so much into doubting him and everything for as long as he's there providing everything for me why am i why should i start reading uh. things so what you don't know can't hurt you. <laughs> yeah. That's what they say. What yeah. you don't know <laughs> until it's proven. So, <laughs> uh, I, uh, now that night I stayed. I stayed for the night because I didn't have a a good relationship with my family members in Nairobi. So the only place I knew was my boyfriend's place. Mm-hmm. So I stayed for the night. I went home the following day, and I spoke to my mom about it. But you see, we had dated. People were against our dating when I was in high school. But after I was done with high school, everyone became okay with it. Okay. Because now she's a grown-up, she knows what she can do. Like, everyone was okay with it. It even reached a point where actually my, my father would see us together and not question. Mm-hmm. So when I told my mom about it, my mom was like, you can always forgive. Mm. Yeah, you can always forgive. You can always forgive, Queen. You guys have built this. And it was like real love. Like you see, everyone had photos in the beginning, but here we have, but I'm like, mom, this is different. You know, just being heartbroken and rejected. In fact, the rejection bit is what really killed my heart. The fact that he called you an ex in front of all these people. I'm telling you. And she didn't even know she was an ex yet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wow. So, um, I think let's take a break (laughs) and just sit on that for a minute. Thank you for tuning in to this wonderful podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Mombasa Magazine. Mombasa Magazine, where leaders come to be inspired. And we are back. You're listening to Keeping It Kenyan. Uh, today we're talking to Quinta. And uh, we had reached the point where you're saying you go home, you tell your mom what happened, and she tells you you need to forgive this person. Obsman, I have a problem with this. <laughs> why is that? <laughs> I'm saying, why do moms say, we have so much power over our daughters, but why is it that we get to give them advice that may not necessarily be the best advice at that point? In my mind today, looking looking back, I'm thinking, was that the best thing to say? Well, you you you're speaking from a place of hindsight. Yeah. Not no foresight, no hindsight, right? Well, I'm thinking maybe the mother's coming from her point of view of old school. You stick by your man, no matter what it is. You find our way through it, and you know, and a lot of older generation they that's how they lived, you know. You could forgive them and keep going or maybe she's talking from a point of view where she's probably been through maybe possibly been through a situation like that and she did that and 
after that forgiveness everything was went well so she could have been talking from her own experience or maybe she even liked the man and you said the man was from your home village so yeah. you have those type of tribal things that play part of it where you have to marry somebody from within your community within your group and she and she saw in her eyes that this man was providing for you for all these years paying yeah. for your university your, 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 your home everything so he ticked all the boxes of eligible bachelor <laughs> pretty much yeah so moms is like yo alright just be easy give him a chance just forgive him but maybe your mother didn't know about the other experience of you arguing with the baby mothers and things like that did she know was she aware of these situations uh, yeah yeah he talked to her about it earlier I mean pri- along the way she knew of these things or this all came out to her at one time oh it was just one time yeah so she doesn't know how he's been acting so to, in her mind, it's like, okay, it's a one-time thing. Give him a chance. Mm-hmm. So I could kind of see that, you know. I, I could get some sort of understanding. Now, now for us, 21st century moms today and even relationships today, there's not really, there's no, I don't know. It's that feeling of you don't have room to give. Like what, what like you're saying, back in the day, people had so much leeway. They had so much grace. Mm-hmm. You know, they would let him get away with almost anything as yeah. long as he kept putting a roof over their heads, True. providing the food and, you know, clothes on your back. Today, that kind of mentality is slowly fading away. No, definitely, because women are providing for themselves now oh. more than in the past. <laughs> so now I'm the boss. I could uh, I could take care of myself. I don't need you. What do you bring to the table to compliment what I'm bringing to the table? versus you're providing the table the house and the food <laughs> you know so when you're coming from that perspective now you don't have to stick around you don't have to deal with any nonsense you know and 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 you said your mother was a housewife basically yeah so she's coming from that point of view of the man provides and you have to forgive infidelities because what do you do how if you, you how don't you, how are you going to live without that how are you right? going to live without that where are you going to go where can you go and i think um this boyfriend or ex-boyfriend had the same mentality in his head like i can do anything i want as long as i keep providing for her and she doesn't find out i can just give her a lame excuse and everything's gonna be okay because even you said you didn't want to push the button too much because you knew that he was providing for you yeah true yeah so i think you know the signs were there but she chose to ignore the signs because of what was being provided, which a lot of women do, you know? Hmm. Okay, we'll be back. That's a whole different podcast, I think. So anyway, <laughs> back to you, Quinta, today. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're telling us, okay, so you go home, mom tells you, I think you need to forgive him. So what do you do? I also reconsider that because anyway, who's going to pay my bills? Mm-hmm. But uh, my heart, you see, there's a battle between my heart and my mind. Mm. When I think of how I'm going to, to survive in Mombasa, because I know myself in this city, in Mombasa city, through him, I don't know Quinta as, as alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And how am I going to do all this alone? Uh, fitting in, you know, adjusting from, from up here. You know, I hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. How am I going to actually live here you know and then i don't know you know i've already started life high keep that lifestyle going how am i gonna keep describe this, this high lifestyle this, this maybe maybe i'm just not seeing it help me understand this high lifestyle what was uh, it like well to my case it is high because you see coming from a humble background 
why you're not being given this money mm-hmm. but now coming to being given the money and you can do anything at any time so if i see a dress worth 4000 i get it instantly mm-hmm. i want shoes worth 3000 forever trendy i get them instantly i need handbags i get them instantly mm. this is a life like everyone would want that life and you know being Even in university life, <laughs> being, being in university of course and then you're getting such it's quite something while you're in college too you yeah, know it's quite something uh, because even if you're working on your own you can't do that that's what there i mean man that's what i mean <laughs> <laughs> there is a bu- you have a budget you know mm-hmm. so i could get anything anytime so you so that f- is the life that i lived you're afraid of losing this lifestyle that I was being provided because with my parents they have to plan you tell them that they don't have this they'll tell you cash or money trick but here i get it instantly like mm-hmm. all my life i've been getting things instantly telling you the instant generation is with us man you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i go back i go back to mombasa and i just shaved shaved your head i shaved my hair okay and my hair has been my biggest asset okay. i love my hair and i just shaved it um those who would understand whatever i was facing knew there was a problem with quinta but so many people didn't know in fact when people are heartbroken we are told to move on so fast Uh, it's just a boy that's how men are mm. but you know who on gives my you this side kind of advice by the way i've heard it as well but who gives it to you <laughs> those who've gone through it but you see on my case this this was a total loss even to my family okay this was not just a loss on my side alone this was just a total loss even to my family because these guys they were so rich uh during december's their families would come home from states and they've carried so many things from abroad and because I'm the one dating this guy who's managing the property in Kenya I'll be the first one to get things oh but now breaking up with him my december's were again a total new december wow mm. my christmas Hence was why never the same stay with him i get you mommy i get you <laughs> now <laughs> i get you <laughs> my december yeah. my christmases my you know my holidays were never going to be the same again and i really don't know how to actually cope with the new lifestyle yeah so i came back i shaved and then are you scared of people laughing at you people laughed in fact people were so happy because i think i had pride when i was with this man mm. Mm. so people were so happy when now this happened they're like let's now see what she got oh wow Let's you were stunting on people in the past. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it sounds no, that's like. That's what I hear. <laughs> you was, that's no, what you hear. He's not even sure for yourself. No. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. No, that's what I hear. I don't mm. know if that that's what I was doing but that's what I hear from people but mm. uh you see there's a way you know like you can't be having money and fake your poor. Mm. I couldn't be having this rich guy in my life and not live like it. Right. Honestly. So I lived I lived like it. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't be judged. Like, I lived like <laughs> it, you know. So no one's judging you Quinta today. Here it's all about keeping it Kenyan. <laughs> no, no, no. We're sharing your experiences. No one's judging. Now, uh, I came back, I shoved. Life was so hard on my side. Because now Did he continue paying your bills? He al- he actually agreed to still pay my bills until did you break I'm up? Stab- yeah, we were like done, but he's still helping me pay my bills. Okay. So he was still paying my rent. He was still paying uh, the small small things, but not as it was. Right. Uh, as much as in the past. <laughs> yeah, not gotcha. as it was, and I missed that. Mm. 
Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but there's this thing in me, there's this force in me that was telling me I need to. You know, that was like my comfort zone. Right. There was this force in me that was telling me, Quinta, you need to just leave this man and start finding yourself. But I didn't know how. And you see, in the time, I'm just smoking. Oh, smoking what? I'm just smoking bang. I'm just smoking. Um, like, why am I living? Ganja. That's what you yeah. call it. Yeah, ganja. <laughs> so Marijuana. I've, 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 it's like I had a future and it's just been destroyed just like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've built all these in like seven years and just just one stupid act destroys everything because even my perception has changed on everything about love, about men, about, you know. And then... Did you ever ask him to stay? Like, did you want to keep him? Uh, he was the one wanting me to stay. I didn't want him to stay. I never wanted him. But I'm coming there. Okay, let's take a break. <laughs> She's coming to it. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in to this wonderful podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Mombasa Magazine. Mombasa Magazine, where leaders come to be inspired. And we are back. Do tell us. We had reached the point where I was asking, did you want him back? Did you ever consider keeping him? Yeah, uh, it got a point to when he now stopped paying my rent, Kabisa. Okay. So this time, I, I had moved to my aunt. You see, when he actually didn't agree to pay my rent, I had to now move to my aunt. You could not sustain I it. I could not sustain it. Mm-hmm. So there was a time when I could break down in, in, in the matatus. Like life was so hard on my side. I could actually tell him, I'm sorry. Let's just get back. And he was like, no. Again, I didn't believe it. Oh wow! You know, <laughs> you know. I still, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't believe actually. He's not telling me no. And uh, now that was now time to find myself. Like now face the reality as it is. You know. So uh, smoking and you know smoking and everything. So my cousin sees me one day, and he's. Where were you getting this marijuana? Considering you didn't have any money, we we're, we're now we are now Quinta the broke girl. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. So. Uh, I had some savings from him. Okay. I had some savings from him. Uh, mm. I was I was smart, you know. Uh-huh. I had some savings from him, so I could buy. And then you know, being sti- uh, being at school, I could actually get. Okay. Yeah, mm. I could easily get it at school. And then, so this this was now my life. Going Disclaimer: to We're not talking about any university in Kenya. Right. <laughs> right. Just this to keep us safe. <laughs> yeah. So I could go to any, I could go to, I could go to school, smoke, go home, just sleep. That was my life. So my cousin sees me, Eric, and he's actually, he's actually shocked. My life has changed. My, my face has changed. Everything of mine has changed. And he asked me what I like doing. So I tell him, I've been a model before and uh, I miss myself. I'd really like to get back my body and he tells me go hit the gym so I go gymming because it's just near the school I go gymming I go gym um, to release all the stresses in me but I'm still smoking at the end of the day what did you do? how had it changed you said I had changed quite a bit maybe just help us understand what did you look like before what were you looking like now that actually made your cousin really see there was a huge problem i was i was an extrovert but when this happened i became an introvert i was uninterested in everything there were issues uh, i've been hosting events i've been going to events and everything but i mean i'm uninterested people send me their invites and i'll just let them down i don't feel like meeting people i don't feel like doing makeup and getting out there. I don't have the courage. What, why am I doing all that? So 
I just didn't feel like talking to people. In fact, Eric, in fact, he did his wedding. I didn't go. Oh, wow. At Wedwaters and I was still in Mombasa. And this is family. So he was really concerned because that is not me. I've always been on the front page. But this is happening when I'm totally uninterested. So I went to the gym, did did uh, did fitness. It really helped the fitness classes, Zumba. But uh, another shock of my life was waiting for me. There's more people. Uh huh. What happened <laughs> next now? No, uh, I'm meeting this guy at the gym, and uh, he's he's a divorcee. Uh, we get to to know each other on our stories. We get to you know when I used to talk to people about my story. That's how I felt. That's how I felt like healing ahead. I used to speak. Of what I'm going through, so when I tell him, he also told me his story, and these are like two broken people who are just who are just trying to find themselves through working out. And yeah, it's a Friday. We not have a drink, and yeah, it's been a while. Let's have a drink, sure. So we come to town. Uh, I take wine, and that day I take a whole bottle of wine, and I was there dancing and everything. We went home. I remember, yeah, we had sex. The following day, I went to school. Uh, there was a class on Saturday, so I actually went, did my class, went home. On Mondays, as usual, I went to school, went to the gym. But this time, after a week, there's a lady, I'm not tribal, but she's lawyer. So I had to ask her about this guy because I think I was liking him. I wanted to know more about him. Getting the background check right <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now uh, I, I get to ask this lady of how this guy is and the lady tells me uh i shouldn't step there this guy is hiv positive aha wow thank you for tuning in to this wonderful podcast this podcast has been brought to you by mombasa magazine mombasa magazine where leaders come to be inspired you can purchase the magazine online at our website www.msamag.com and you can also purchase your copies at Kant bookshop jessica gift shop Gunshan Supermarket among many other stores.